Hello, and welcome to another edition of Across the States, the premier state policy podcast. I'm your host, Matt Fisher, and joining us today is our State Legislator of the Month, State Representative Phil Cristofanelli of Missouri. Representative, welcome to Across the States. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's great to have you on. Let's kick things off by first, congratulations to you on being Alex State Legislator of the Month for June. For good reason. The recent passage of both your House Bill 349, establishing an empowerment scholarship accounts program, House Bill 370 for HIV and AIDS prevention, are all the more impressive when one considers the fact that you are one of the youngest lawmakers in the country. What inspired you, to kick things off, to pursue a career in public service? And what do you believe has helped make you such an effective lawmaker at a young age? Sure. I uh, started early. I started working on campaigns when I was about 17. started working on just local politics, and I really got hooked on it and went and studied political science at WashU for my undergrad. After that, I went off to D.C. and I worked for a member of Congress. I was his press secretary. His name was Dan Beneshek. He represented Northern Michigan. And I did that for several years and ultimately decided to run myself. So I came back home to Missouri and hopped in a a state rep race. It's been a wild ride ever since. I think what drove me to do it the most is I just, I love public policy. I spend a lot of time reading, especially when I was younger, formative books that helped guide my political worldview. And I really enjoyed putting those ideas into action through lawmaking. That's awesome. So looking at how all that inspired you, Let's first look at House Bill 349 that recently passed the Missouri House. Now, education reform is one of those topics that everyone seems to agree needs to happen, but we almost never get it. What are some of the problems that you saw in your home state of Missouri that inspired you to tackle the issues of education opportunity? And what can you tell our listeners about your Missouri Empowerment Scholarship Accounts Program? Sure. The main problem is some of our public schools in the state of Missouri, while some of them are great, some of them are failing. They are educating kids and graduating them, unable to read, unable to do basic math functions and integrate into society. And there are all sorts of externalities that result from those failures. Primarily, we have rising crime rates, and I believe that there is a tie between failure to educate kids when they're younger and crime. We have businesses that don't want to move here because they don't feel that we have a workforce that has the skills they need to integrate into their business operations. We have our universities of higher learning spending one or two years catching up kids to read and write and do basic math at the levels they need to to succeed. And all that is taxpayer money that has not been effectively used at the K-12 through level and lost opportunity for, for Missouri citizens and kids. And so I have seen across the country school choice have great success. There are over, I want to say, 26 states, and I think even in the last year, a number more have been added to that that have some sort of school choice program. There are at least six and now I think up to 10 after these bills get signed this year that have a program identical to House Bill 349. 349 is a tax credit funded scholarship program. And so nonprofit organizations will be able to raise money in our state. And they, in exchange for those donations, will be able to offer donors a 100% fully refundable tax credit. And the money they raise can be given to kids 
in the form of scholarships that can be used for tuition assistance primarily, but also tutoring, books, transportation, extracurricular activities, whatever it takes to get that kid the education that they need to recognize their full potential. You know, we have a lot of great public schools, but even sometimes in my district where we have one of the best public schools in the state, it's not always the best fit for every student because every student is different. And so these scholarships are going to allow kids that are in really desperate and high need situations to access an education alternative that works better for them and their families. That's so important and impressive what this will do for these families because they don't have that support right now and across the country, it's a reality. But just two years ago, the Empowerment Scholarship Accounts proposal failed in the very same chamber in Missouri. But this time in 2021, thanks to you, it passed. For our listeners, tell us how you managed to steer this bill through what was already proven to be treacherous waters and overcome the legislative obstacles that prevented passage of an ESA bill on prior occasions. Well, you know, I wish I could take all the credit, but I really can't. This has been a work in progress for nearly two decades. Andrew Koenig, who was my Senate handler, he was in the House for about 10 years before I even showed up, introducing this bill every year and watching it fail year after year after year. For the last five years, I have also introduced this bill every year. And so it's been like a two-decade process to try to get something like this done in Missouri in Missouri, it's a little different than a lot of states. You think uh, we have a Republican supermajority, but education reform never seems to get done because it's divisive even within our own party. And there's a number of political reasons as to why that's the case. We could probably spend a whole podcast on it. But basically, it comes down to rural Republican legislators tend to be very closely tied to their local school districts. And they're hostile to anything that uh, interjects choice into our public education system. And so there's several factors as to why we were successful this year. One, outside of the legislature, I've gotten really involved in, in state rep campaigns, which isn't always the best advice for a legislator, but I did it because I believe that we really need to get things like this done. And so I worked with a lot of groups to help get pro-school choice people elected to the legislature. And that provided a margin for us that we didn't have before. And so that was one of our great improvements. The second is we lucked out and we have a, um, a Speaker of the House and a Senate Majority Floor Leader that wanted to make education reform a number one priority this year. And having leadership on your side is, is hugely important when you take on a big policy issue like this. And I've also kind of come into my own in the um, legislature. I'm the, the chairman of the Rules Committee now. And with that, you have a lot of opportunities to interact with your colleagues on helping them with their legislation. And I hope that all the work I've done to help other people get their bills done has eased the path for things like school choice to get done as well. The stars all just aligned at once this year, and um, we were able to get it done just barely. I don't know if you looked at the vote count, but uh, we got 82 votes in the House, which is the bare minimum necessary to pass a bill. And in the Senate, we got 20 where you need 18. So, Well, congratulations. I know the education system, the children in Missouri are going to be better off for it. That's not the only bill, though, you managed to pass this year. House Bill 349, huge win. But also, you scored this year House Bill 370 that would expand access to pre- and post-HIV exposure drugs and medications. Now, you've mentioned on many occasions, including in a recent post on social media, how Missouri is one of the seven states in the nation with a rising rate of infection for HIV. How will your bill 
House Bill 370 expand access to life-saving medications for those who have been exposed to HIV? Sure. The science behind HIV has dramatically changed in our lifetime, and it's not the disease it once was. There are a number of life-saving drugs that have changed how this disease affects people's lives. Two of those drugs are pre- and post-prophylaxis. They're called PrEP and PEP informally. And um, with pre-exposure prophylaxis, if you take that on a regular basis, it makes it extremely difficult for the virus to infect you permanently. And so even if you're exposed, you will not ultimately contract a incurable HIV infection. If you have been exposed and you're not on pre-exposure prophylaxis, there's a drug called uh, post-exposure prophylaxis that, if taken within 72 hours, will make it um, nearly impossible for you to become infected as well. And so I saw that one other state in the country had made pre- and post-prophylaxis available to people over the counter so that a pharmacist essentially could dispense it to you even if you didn't have a prescription. And that made a lot of sense to me. So I filed this bill. This is the second year that I filed it, but this year we got it done. I had to narrow it a little bit. I I ended up taking off the pre-exposure prophylaxis part and we made it just a post-exposure prophylaxis, which uh, is part of the legislative process. You make all sorts of compromises. But um, I think it's really critical because a lot of times people may have an incident where they were exposed but they can't access a doctor within that critical 72-hour period. It makes sense to me that if there's a life-saving drug that that you need to access, that we should allow our our pharmacists to dispense that immediately. Luckily, that bill passed overwhelmingly in both chambers. It had strong bipartisan support. There were almost no votes against it. There uh, was a little opposition from the uh, medical establishment, but uh, over a series of compromises and changes, we ultimately got to a product that I think everybody was happy with. Well, it's incredibly encouraging to see what's happening there as, you know, we continue to fight HIV and AIDS and laws like this continue to give hope that eventually we can live in a world free of this disease and free forever of the scourge of AIDS. Now, this month is Pride Month, a time for our country to both celebrate the progress we have made as a country and to look forward to a better future for all LGBT Americans. Now, You bring a wide variety of perspectives to the table as a gay man and as a young person in government. How do these perspectives influence your approach to legislating? You know, I'm a Republican, and one of the core tenets of our philosophy is individual liberty. And I try to bring the perspective of liberty to every bill that I offer and every um, vote that I take on the House floor. And, uh, you know, people's personal lives, uh, that's one of the areas where in this country we believe people should have a broad array of freedoms and, and individual choices to live their lives the way that they want to. And because of some of the advancements on these social issues that we've had over the years, I'm able to serve as a uh, gay legislator in a conservative state in the Republican Party. And I'm able to be very successful and be a part of the leadership team and have a real impact on policy. And that's because of changing worldviews and people who have come before me who've done hard things to live their lives the way that they want to and open people's minds to different ways of of living. And so I've uh, enjoyed the opportunity to work on on issues that help 
not only other gay Americans, but uh, all people. And I continue to want to be active in these issues so that more people feel comfortable to live their lives the way they want. Representative, I know you are serving your constituents well. Thank you so much for joining us on Across the States. It's been a pleasure to have you on our State Legislator of the Month for June. Thank you. It's been a great and I appreciate uh, the honor. For our listeners, this has been Representative Phil Christofanelli of Missouri. And again, be sure to tune in next time for more of Across the States. I'm your host, Matt Fisher, and come back again for more of the Premier State Policy Podcast. Thank you for listening to Across the States, the leading state-focused policy podcast presented by the American Legislative Exchange Council, the premier free market organization of and for legislators. To learn more about our work or to make a tax-deductible donation, visit alec.org. Tell us what you think on Facebook and Twitter at Alec States. The views and opinions expressed on Across the States are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the American Legislative Exchange Council. The ALEC annual meeting is almost here and time is running out to sign up. This July 28th through the 30th, join the American Legislative Exchange Council in beautiful Salt Lake City for our 48th annual meeting. To register, go to alec.org backslash meetings. We'll see you in Utah.